My vulva was nothing more than a hairy pest between my legs for most of my adolescence. It required painful waxing, it required expensive sanitary products, and it required what seemed like way too much attention for what it was worth. A stabbing pain from some inexperienced boy's fumbling fingers at the back of the squash courts? Pass. I treated it with disdain mostly. Then at 14, I slept with a girl when I was too young to enjoy sleeping with anyone and found the experience so overwhelmingly awful that I thought all same-sex intimacy must be like that. And what's more, that all vulvas must, like hers, was for me, be super off-putting. What if I looked, smelled and tasted like that to other people too? I began to see the pleasing of my vulva as a chore I was asking subsequent boyfriends to tend to. An icky part of sex that neither of us enjoyed, especially if body hair was present, but which had to be done in order for the real show to begin. This lasted a number of years and I'm not sure exactly when that internal rhetoric began to subside. But by my early 20s at university, feminist theory had entered my world and that massively impacted the way I viewed my body. With the later discovery that I was bisexual and in love with a woman, my warped ideas around my vulva and all other vulvas began to drastically change. Vulvas are gorgeous, I suddenly wanted to write in capital letters across all of social media. Sex with women can be so beautiful. Women are amazing. I am amazing. And everyone looks and smells and tastes so different. And crucially, that's fine. During that time, I also discovered menstrual cups, which forced a level of personal intimacy with my vulva that grew into a kind of monthly friendship. It's a good thing that that friendship arose when it did, because shortly after that I began developing uncomfortable, rash-like, itchy symptoms on my longer labia that seemingly no gynaecologist could diagnose. For four years, I lived with intermittent, unexplainable itchiness that no doctor could or would treat, and had I not been developing a quiet appreciation for my vulva in the preceding years, I think I would have grown to truly hate it for the pain and frustration it was causing me. But instead, I changed my diet. I researched tender ways of treating a sore vulva. I opened up to friends. I got more tests done. And finally this year, I got a diagnosis of a fungal infection susceptibility and treatment for it of Dactacort cream. Now I no longer have to deal with those strange bouts of pain and humiliation that I was becoming residently used to. I also spent more time considering body hair and whether or not I personally actually care if it's there or not. And after a few years of experimentation around that and discovering that for every vulva hairstyle available, there is a connoisseur for whom it is their favourite, I am beginning to fully appreciate my vulva in all its natural glory. Appreciating it for all it can do for me, all that it has done and all that it will hopefully do in the future, regardless of whether or not it has one longer labia than the other and regardless of whether there is hair there or not, all I need for it to be is healthy. My vulva is no longer a high maintenance pest between my legs, a slave to other people's dislikes or desires, but rather an intricate intimate area that requires and deserves tender love and care.